Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1025. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Trevor Doling. Hey, Trevor, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Five-point harness and all. All right. Well, hopefully we won't need that. I'll try to keep it between the lines. Trevor Doling is the co-owner of Texas Speed and Performance, a performance manufacturer and retailer that specializes in the General Motors LS and Gen 5 LT engine and vehicle platforms. In just over 15 years, Texas Speed and Performance has evolved from what started as a retail-only e-commerce business into a full machining and production facility, specializing in in-house engine machining, assembly, cylinder head production, and camshaft production. He and his business partner's passion for GM performance-based cars has morphed into one of the leading manufacturers and retailers in the GM LS industry. From basic exhaust systems to complete turnkey engines, Texas Speed and Performance offers a vast array of parts to suit every car enthusiast's needs. Wow. So, Trevor, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your incredible business and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Mark. You bet. It has been a uh, pretty crazy ride. This business, uh, we started at the end of 2002 when the LS1 was still a, a little bit of a new platform and uh, took that plunge. Um, I was at the ripe age of 26 when we did that. My business partner uh, at the time was 23. So wow. it was one of those, uh, you know, hold your breath, see what happens. <laughs> Young and, guys. Uh, yeah. We were. Yes, for sure. It's been uh, pretty crazy to to just see it turn into what it has and, and uh, getting so involved with manufacturing 15 years later. So been a crazy ride, but uh, we're excited for the next 15 years plus. Well, no kidding. And you know what's incredible as you say those dates, that Ellis platform was relatively new in 2002. And I, I think of that as one of those platforms that's kind of been around forever, but then not really. And then I go, oh my gosh, it's been 15 years. What the heck yeah. happened to my life? Oh, oh, I know. It, yeah. It's it's very uh, crazy to think that, you know, 1997 was the first year for the LS1 that came out in the Corvette. And I remember when those cars came out, I remember my uncle bought one. And, you know, that was just an amazing thing when I got to drive that car for the first time. So to think back now that uh, we're 21 years later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that, that dates me a little bit, but it's been a really awesome experience. Well, and it, it's pretty incredible and a testament to that GM product. I mean, that has been a robust platform. And something that's just filled pipelines of all sorts of opportunities for companies and businesses, including yours. And as, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's important to you. It's a nice way to get the, in this case, with an LS platform, this inspirational tire smoking here on Cars. Yeah. So Trevor, take the wheel. As a kid growing up, I, my grandparents, they always had lots of different things hanging on the wall. And because my grandma, she was into needlepoint. And one of the things that they had at the entrance of their door was something that, that she had sewn. And it said, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. <laughs> and that's always stuck with me through life, even way before this business, obviously. But I think it's very relevant because 
Rarely in business is everything going to go exactly as you expect it to, especially when you're starting out. And, and just in general in life, you know, there, there's always, uh, you're always going to be jumping through different hoops, you know, having to improvise and, and change the plan a lot. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's a great way of looking at, at both life and business in, in general is um, there, a lot of times you're not, you're not going to get to pick your circumstances, but it's how you deal with that and make the best of it. And everything is a learning lesson. Well, you hit the nail on the head there, how you deal with these things that come up as they go along. And you can either let them defeat you or let them teach you something and move forward. I think your grandmother, very wise lady, obviously, and I'm sure she's very smiling wherever she is right now in the world or life, that you have taken that uh, mantra that she had on her front door and carried it through and it helped you get through many, many things. I like that. I love that saying. It's it's one of those that I've used many, many times, and I know it's kind of cliche, but it really is important how you deal with things. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy? Absolutely. I blame my dad 100%, but he's okay with that. <laughs> I was 15 years old. He had some old muscle cars. It was a, I think he had a 72 Z28 and a oh. 69 Roadrunner. I remember riding them, riding in them as a kid. But it was at the age of 15, he said, hey, do you want to go out to the drag strip? I said, yeah, sure. I'd never been out there. And uh, he takes me out there and I was instantly hooked. It was <laughs> anything with wheels. It didn't matter how slow it was. I, if I could get in it and drive it, I was racing it. So that absolutely started the passion for cars. You know, after that, it was I've had my hand in a little bit of everything from old stuff and new stuff and kind of everything in between and, and kind of combining the two as well. So uh, but yeah, absolutely, 100% my dad's fault. He took me to the drag strip, and, <laughs> and from that point, I was hooked and you know, still still love drag racing to this day. Well, I tell you, drag racing is, is so unique and different. And some people go, well, how boring. You just go in a straight line. But when I was a kid, my dad took me to Orange County Raceway back before Irvine even existed north of uh, San Diego County there in Orange County. And oh my gosh, I just remember that sound. It just resonated in my chest and it just gets your adrenaline going like you can't believe. I can't imagine what it must be like when you sit in a top fuel dragster like John Forrest or any of these people and go down raceway. For sure. Yeah. Oh. It's, you know, and that's, uh, yeah, it's, it, and it doesn't matter what, um, whether you talk drag racing or you talk road racing, autocross, any form of motorsports, the name of the game is you always want to go faster. And no matter how fast you go, it, it only takes so many passes before you get used to that and you want to go faster again. So for me, that's, that's always been the entertaining side is, you know, you constantly want to push it and go faster. And so that's what's always kept me interested, you know, and, and cars over the years from even when I was a kid, you know, they're a lot faster off the showroom floor now than they oh, certainly were yeah. 20 years ago. You know, you can you can buy factory nine and 10 second cars now. So drag cars back in the day, you know, if you ran tens, it was pretty fast. So it's very cool to, to watch all of that evolve at the same time. Well, you take that Dodge Demon they've got and it's just, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, who would have ever thought that uh, you, you can buy a vehicle that that's guaranteed to run nines in the quarter with a factory warranty? Yes. Uh, ju just insanity. Just yeah, absolutely. Well, insanity. just ask uh, my past guest, Alan Taylor from The Drive. He's got one of those things. And <laughs> He just said, oh, my gosh, it just lights your hair on fire. So, oh, fun <laughs> stuff, fun stuff. Well, I, I mentioned this a little earlier. We're going to talk a little bit about a challenge or a failure that you faced along the way. Being an entrepreneur, especially starting as a young man like you did, is fraught with ups and downs because you're learning all the time. And that's the great things about failure and challenges. They teach us things. So walk us through one of yours, one that really kind of set you back. Tell us what it was all about 
But more importantly, how did it help you gain even more momentum as you moved forward? Well, this one is a, it's absolutely a challenge, but I, I call it a double-edged sword and it's excessive growth. We started in 2003 is when the, when we first had a website. When we put our website up, our sales doubled in a month. Wow. From that point, it was a constant game of playing catch up. For a, a very long time, you know, especially early, you know, as, an, as a business owner, and I'm sure somebody can relate, you wear every hat just about <laughs> in that facility. So yes. whether it's you're having to ship parts, you're having to take phone calls, you are the manager, you, you're scheduling appointments if you're doing installations, you know, all of that, it, it's you're, you're trying to fill every pair of shoes. So when you get to a point or even early on wh- when it starts and, and you hit that excessive growth, you know, most people look at that and they go, oh, well, that's just that's just a way of bragging, really. It's a legitimate problem oh, um, yes. because you only have so much time to address it and remedy the situation before where you start losing customers. Mm. It has definitely, because we still fight some of that along the way, but we're so much better prepared. What uh, started with two of us, we're now 50 plus employees and a much larger facility and we're better equipped to, to be able to handle all of this. So with excessive growth, it's very hard early on, especially to accept the fact that you really need to bring on key managers because everything, you know, you're, you're counting pennies early on. And so you try to wear all of those hats, but yeah. you know, the excessive growth you absolutely, you have to be ready on the e-commerce side of things, uh, making sure that you've got a website that doesn't crash when, when everyone floods to it to place orders and that you can process them and ship them and, oh, yeah. you know, take all of the phone calls. So there's lots of different avenues to that, but it's through the, the painful situations that you learn the most because it's a sink or swim environment. You have to make it work or you don't. And failure is never an option. And we honestly never, <laughs> never discussed that. So yeah. it was good that early on, we some of the problems we're facing were good problems. It, it, it certainly is. But like I said, it's a double-edged sword because you do have to, you still have to address it because there's only so much time you have to fix that problem. Yeah. You know, this is a really important point, and I've heard this from a lot of guests on the show, and it's a common growth spurt problem in every company. And that is my takeaway from this lesson is learning when to hire people and bring them on, and even more importantly, who to hire and what to have them do. So take me back to that time when you finally had to make those decisions and go, you know what, I can't wear all these hats because like you, Trevor, I've run some companies and I wore way too many hats. In fact, I always blame that the fact that I've got no hair on my head that I wore too many hats <laughs> and it rubbed all the, the hair off my head. Uh, maybe pulling my hair out was part of that too. But let me ask you this. What what little bit of advice would you offer a business person when they're they're getting to that saturation point? They're realizing at the end of the day, as they're trying to do their own bookkeeping and they're trying to book the next day shows and they're online fixing their website and it's midnight and they got a whole bunch of work to do tomorrow. What's a great takeaway lesson when you know not only when it's time to hire, but who do you start delegating to or what what jobs do you start delegating? What's a big piece of advice you could share there? Well, my biggest piece of advice is absolutely do not underestimate the power of people. Because there's only so much time in a day that you have, and as much as you want to do everything yourself, you want to control everything, you know, the first key role that we hired for was a CFO. It was a very hard thing. You know, that that was, oh gosh, 12 years ago now. Most of the time you look at things, or at least we did, and we go, okay, well, you know, the people we hire, they everyone is directly related to being able to bill something out. And so then you get to a CFO 
and all they're doing is watching the numbers, watching the bills, you know, money in, money out. It's a very hard thing to justify in your mind. And then we said, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to take the plunge and, and we hire them. The amount of efficiency that he brought to our company was unbelievable. Just in, in bills that are not billed correctly or double billed, even just going through, you know, that there were uh, many times in college I despised accounting. <laughs> and the, the joke was, you know, after we started, I had to be the bookkeeper. I'm paying for it now. So, uh, yeah, you know, so yeah. I, I was okay, most definitely handing that off, but I was great at, at being able to sell parts and to help push our business forward, but I was not great at accounting. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things you do have to, to realize that you're not going to be great at everything. And the best thing you can ever do is realize your strengths and weaknesses Yes, and fill those holes of your weaknesses with other people's strengths and let yes. them do their job. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't, you're, you're going to limit your ability to push the company forward. You're going to limit your ability to grow. And the hardest thing initially is to let go of that control and to realize that, that you're going to have people that are going to be making decisions that you don't even know that there was a decision to be made, much less be a part of that. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's a hard thing to let go of. But once you do and you see the benefit of that and see how much more you can grow and how much more efficient you are and how much easier it is to handle the growth and all of the, the customers, it's a huge, huge step. You know, many times I, I tell people when, when they ask me for business advice and how do you know when it's the right time to, to, to hire this person or that person, you know, it, it, you're going to know your business the best, obviously. Absolutely. When you're sitting 18, 19 hours a day trying to get stuff done, you're you're up at night, you roll over and can't go back to sleep because there's so much to get done. At some point, you do have to take that leap of faith and go, okay, I'm here to grow this. I didn't start yeah. this to, to mm-hmm. stay at this level. So all of it is a process. But, you know, over time, as a business owner, you essentially, you you get more comfortable with taking those leaps. And those leaps they don't they're not as big as you you move forward most of the time it's a much harder for sure when when you're a young business no doubt about it boom value bomb big time there thank you for sharing that super super valuable advice let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum i'd love for you to share what i call a career aha moment it's a time in your career when you realize you need to make a pivot a move go down another path that proves to be very successful for me, I would say that would be when uh, we decided to start the business. At the time, both my business partner and I were were young. I had graduated. I went went to school uh, in Lubbock at Texas Tech and moved to Dallas after I graduated. My business partner still lived in Lubbock, still going to school. We got to know each other while I was there going to school. He was in college, and we were constantly trying to outrun each other. So it became a, a good rivalry friendship. But mm-hmm. over time, we said, okay – you know, maybe we should consider starting a shop. And it was halfway kind of a joke in the beginning. And as time went on, things progressed. We got more involved just with the LS platforms in general. And and I think he and I had the aha moment at the same time where we just went, you know what, it's time to really pursue this or to just stop talking about Put it. Put up or shut uh, up. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and there, there's only so long that you really uh, you really want to talk about it before, like you said, you've got to put up or shut up. And it, it's we were both young. I, I think that helped for sure, because n- and not being business owners prior to that, we didn't foresee a lot of the obstacles that that you'll learn along the way and that you'll have to deal with along the way. So mm-hmm. for us, it was, you know, I mean, I I was two and a half years out of college. My business partner was still going to college, so it was a pretty big decision. And our first 
part of that was, can we even get finance? Can, you know, can we even get the money together to try and do this? Right. But once we got that figured out, then we said, I, I guess we're going to hold our breath and see Here, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, you sometimes know, you just got to jump and plunge in and go for it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You just know, start doing uh, it. Yeah. I think that's a key. Sometimes people get tripped up on thinking too much, overthinking things. And in some cases, you really just have to start. You just have to start doing it. So uh, a lot of people are happy that you did. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. What was that vehicle? And maybe share a memory you have about that car. My first really special car was, uh, it was my 98 Pontiac Trans Am. It was the first LS1 car that I owned. It was the car that got me neck deep into the LS1 market. It was so much fun because that was my only car. So the daily driver, the commuter was the weekend race car. It was the all-around catch-all. I was trying to make it do everything that I needed it to do, and and it did. It's such great memories because thinking back on that, I look at it and it's kind of my beginning with, you know, ultimately what has led to my business. There's just so much fun with it just because early in the LS market, there are still a lot of things that were very, very new. Camshafts were you know, really small. Everyone's trying to, to constantly push the envelope. So it's, it's great memories of that because we got to be involved in a new market, a new platform where everything was still really untested. So, so that car brings back a lot of great memories just because it, it was constant pushing the envelope in, in the LS market at that time. So it cool. uh, always makes me smile. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I got a big smile on my face just hearing the story. How about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've let go that you really wish you had back? There is. Um, it's a 2002 Camaro SS. Mm. That was the car that replaced my Trans Am. And at that point, we hadn't started the business yet, but certainly closer to it. And that car, I had things figured out. You know, my Trans Am was more of the car that I was trying to figure out what works, what doesn't, you know, which cam is better, That all of that stuff. The Trans Am was more of the test bed, but the, my Camaro was, that was the car that I had a lot more stuff figured out and just had tons of fun with. And then it, it was the car that, you know, I had when we started the business. So, you know, tons of great memories with it and going to events and races. And so I constantly kick myself for selling that one. And, and to this day, I always still look at fourth gen Camaro SS is specifically sunset orange. That was the color of the car. So I'm constantly <laughs> looking, looking for the, the, uh, gym that, you know, low yeah. mile and, and, uh, that can take me back to, to relive some of those memories. Uh, fun times for sure. Well, tell us what has you excited and, uh, and fired up this year about Texas speed and performance. What kind of things can we look forward to seeing from you guys? Well, it's, uh, you know, this is a great year for us. I mean, we are are still just absolutely busting at the seams with growth. As we continue to push forward, there's so much more that we continue to take in manufacturing-wise. Camshafts, that was the latest addition of our manufacturing that, that we took in in uh, late 2014. Um, we have a third camshaft grinder that's on order right now that, that's supposed to land next month just in, in keeping up with the demand, you know, but as we are LS and Gen 5 LT guys, but on the horizon, we're looking to expand in, into some other markets. We've got the Hemi market next up on the chopping block, and I've actually already uh, purchased a Hellcat motor um, to start doing some dyno uh, testing and camshaft development, cylinder head development, that kind of stuff, and just expand out from that to all of the other Hemi platforms. Wow. So, busy. yeah, th this year is, uh, yeah, absolutely. Very busy, but uh, lots to look forward to. Oh, absolutely. Very excited for you. Well, here's a very introspective question, Trevor. If you're a vehicle, what would Trevor be and why? Well, that's a an interesting question. <laughs> I say that just because I own the car that I think I would be. Okay. 
Cool. It's a 68 Camaro. And this car, it's, it's original paint, but everything else has been touched as far as it's got aftermarket roadster shop chassis. It's got one of our LS3 engines, T56 manual tranny. But, it, you know, Camaro is very, it's very American, regular guy. The car is, is a little bit low key, kind of like me. I mean, as far as just original paint, you know, it's not over the top, super shiny, everything. It really encompasses everything for me because I obviously I, I love the old stuff, but I'm, I'm kind of an old soul um, mm-hmm. at heart. <laughs> and I would absolutely see myself as an old car, but having some of the modern touches. So having, you know, yeah. the, the better chassis and, and drivetrain, all of that. So I feel like I'm fortunate enough. I feel like the car that I would be is in my garage. Well, you are. And the 68, I love that, that car. The 68 Camaro just had a look and feel and... I don't know, just a stance to it. There, there's something maybe because it came out when I was, uh, well, I was only 10 years old then. So back when I was a little kid, but I remember seeing those cars and thinking, man, that thing is so cool. And the really cool ones always had some stripes on it. Either that one that wrapped around the nose that went diagonally from, you know, one headlight to the other or the, or the stripes that went down the hood and down the back. But it's just, uh, yeah, that's cool. Nice choice. <laughs> nice choice. Well, Trevor, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Cars yeah listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018, through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYAP on checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, Rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Trevor, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips 
of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Um, that would be from my dad. You know, back in the day when I was drag racing a bunch, you know, he, he would tell me sometimes the race is won on the starting line. Hmm. Um, and I think that rings true even in business. You know, and the other one I've heard about racing is sometimes the race is won before you get to the track in your preparation. Absolutely. <laughs> and the same thing goes for business, too. Absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I think mine is just overall positivity. You have to be positive about what you're doing, what you're doing for your customers, how you're treating your customers, and just moving the business forward. Um, you know, because I strongly believe in the law of attraction. I, I think that, you know, what you put out is what you're going to get. It just sets the tone for all of your employees, too. If you're walking around mad, they're more likely to do the same. Oh, yeah. I think just a great habit to be in, just not only for better business, but just to enjoy life more is, is absolutely having a positive outlook. Thank you, Grandma Doling, for the lemonade. <laughs> that's <laughs> Absolutely. What, that's what I heard there. Now, how about a resource? Is there one that you think our listeners would really enjoy? You know, it's one that, that just about all of them know. Um, but I, I would say specifically YouTube and, and the podcast. You know, there's so much that is at your fingertips now that, that is so readily available and so much really good content that's out there that if you sift through some of the other crud that's out there, you know, you can find that all of, there's so much that's, that's available and yeah. um, exactly like cars. Yeah. You know, where you, you can well, thank you. get in touch with guys that they started, it, it's just regular car guys, you know? Yep. And, and so they have gotten into the the market in some shape, form or fashion business wise. So it's, you know, great stuff to learn from. So I, I think that's the best way to go. Well, I appreciate your kind words, Trevor. Thank you very much. You know, I've worked real hard with cars. Yeah. Here to be a great conduit of inspiring automotive enthusiasts, uh, talking to people like you that can become inspirational for other people who want to either get into the business or want to find a resource for the kind of services and products that you provide. And it's become a, a tremendous uh, funnel for me for people to track people through. Uh, not a day goes by. I don't get emails from people. Hey, I'm looking for this or who should I call that? Well, go see Trevor. He was guest number 1025. He does exactly that. That's who you need to see. So, uh, I appreciate those kind words, but it's all about sharing and moving things forward and uh, offering help to people. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? Boy, that's a tough question. I would say it it's a gentleman by the name of Danny Albritton. He sold my dad our first true drag car. Oh, I was 17 years old at the time. I had never had like true dedicated race car. He took me under his wing. He was having to get out of racing. He was an older gentleman and he was having some health issues. And I didn't just buy the car. I, it's like we, I bought Danny Albritton. You know, uh, he, yeah. he, he helped me, went out to the track multiple times and really helped calm my nerves and, and get me used to the car and calm my dad's nerves. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, the car was so much faster than, than what we were used to running. So yeah. he's gone now, but I, I would love to be able to sit down and just thank him and uh, have a beer with him and, and just listen to all of the great stories that he had from growing up into the racing. It's akin to what I just mentioned. And I think this car hobby is very unique within all industries out there. It breeds a different kind of person. Car people love to help other car people. And that gentleman in For your sure. life, the fact that he paid that forward when he couldn't do what he loved anymore, he decided I'm going to help someone else love what I loved. And yeah, I sure wish I could make that really happen to be able to sit down with him and thank him again. But I think somehow he knows. He knows exactly what he did and has a warm place in his heart for you, just like you have for him. 
Now, how about a book? If I could uh, ask you to share a great book that you think the Cars Yow listeners would enjoy, what would it be? My favorite is uh, The Magic of Thinking Big uh, mm. by David Schwartz. That Schwartz, that one, yeah. you know, it, it's just a great way to to just kind of realign your thinking and, and a lot business related, but just in life in general. And, and it does, you know, take you through some of the law of attraction and, and the positivity and, and just so much having so much of a better outlook and, and driving you forward. And so much of your circumstances are dictated by your mindset and your attitude. And so when you realize how much you are in control, it opens up a lot of different avenues that you really didn't think were available or possible. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a wonderful book. And, you know, it, it reminds me of a couple other books. Uh, one is Jim Collins, Good to Great, where uh-huh. in that book, he talks about your big, hairy, audacious goal, setting some just massive goal out there that you, something you, you almost in your heart think you could never get to, but putting it out there in front of you so you can see it. And the other is Think and Grow Rich. Great book that's been around for decades. But the idea that if you get your mind thinking that something big can happen, you know what? You can start making steps toward it, and it can really happen. And oh, I, absolutely. I've got an incredible lineup of guests, including you, Trevor, that have proved that true. I mean, I would imagine if you went back to that young man you were getting out of college and you're starting that business, and did you ever think you'd have 50-plus employees and you'd be growing through the seams and doing what you're doing? I mean, it probably was a hard vision for you to see. Maybe it wasn't for you. You might have been one of those visionaries. But for a lot of people, if you don't put it out there, it is hard to see because it seems overwhelming. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I saw a day, someday, that it would happen. I never expected it to be this soon. And I never expected it to be where we we really branch off and, and dive into manufacturing yeah. as much as we have. And, you know, we're now 22 machining centers and, and still adding to them. And so that that blows my mind to, to look back on. But you keep pressing forward and always think big because there's no downside to it. No. Uh, you know, the, I mean, there's no downside to it. You, there's, there's lots of harmful things for talking down or talking yourself out of situations or talking bad about or just saying, I can't. You know, that that's the worst thing you can really ever say is I can't because you've already decided that that it's not possible. Right. What was that Henry Ford quote? Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> and that, that is 100% correct. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Well, I remind our listeners, you can find all these wonderful resources Trevor shared on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Trevor Doling, D-O-E-L-L-I-N-G is the spelling of his last name. And you'll find all these great links. And there's another great place on the Cars Yow website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over a thousand books there now. Many, many wonderful books. And I made it really easy for you with a quick click to buy. All right. We are up to the checkered flag, Trevor. And this last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to make you get rid of all your cool collector cars and you can only have one in your garage. But you know what? Money's no object because today I'm writing the check. So don't worry about what it costs. You can pick any car on the planet, but I want you to enjoy it and drive it. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. That little trick is off the table. So what's it going to be? Well, I think I own that car too already. Oh, you um, lucky guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's an oddball. Um, it's a 1961 Chevy Parkwood station wagon. Oh my gosh. It was really my first old car that I bought. Bought on my own. Um, and for some reason, I have this affinity for four-door cars, big cars, wagons. I, I love them. And this one's nine-passenger wagon, has the rear-facing third-row seat, the whole shebang. But over the years, it, of course, it's been LS swapped and it's on a chassis. And, but of course I love, it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I can't leave well enough alone for obvious reasons, but yeah. I like it because it's 
a lot of fun to drive. It kind of covers all bases. You know, it, if you want to take it to a show, it's a great show car. It's fun to drive. It's got four doors. I can throw people in it. I can throw people in the back. I can throw my dog in the back. You know, it, it covers all bases. So if you took everything away and I had to do it with one car, that's the one because I can do everything that I would want to do with that car. And yeah. it's oddball. I like, I do like oddball stuff. That car, more times than not, I usually get the question of what is it? Just a little bit different. So, uh, so that, that would be the one I would keep. Uh, yeah, well, in the Parkwood, that came, if I remember right, that came right after the Kingswood, which was basically the Bel Air wagon that they had made that had those wonderful little wings. But the, the car you're talking about, they made a, a pretty radical design change that year. And, I, you know, do I remember that car? I remember a neighbor that had that car. And I just remember that giant tailgate uh-huh. that came down and the rear-facing seats, if I'm thinking right. Is that, uh-huh. yeah, yep. okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this guy had a, had a big V8 in it and just made all this noise and probably unsafe as all heck. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> when you think back to the crush zone being where you put the kids in the back seat. But you know what? We had a, we had a mid sixties, um, Vista Cruiser when I was a little kid and same thing had those rear facing seats. So, uh, what a cool car. Well, I tell you, you were the first guy. That well, you're not the first person to have their dream car, which I love it when people do. But the first one to pick a Parkwood station wagon—I I figured I would be your first. I'm I'm a little <laughs> bit oddball. I think you're unique and clever, that's for sure. So very nice. Well, Trevor, you've taken us on a great ride in that big Parkwood station wagon today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that '61 Chev Parkwood wagon? My best advice is is concentrate on your business. It's easy to get distracted, whether it be from competitors or customers, what whatever it may be, but concentrate on your business. Watch what you're doing. Look forward to where you want to go with the business. Keep that constant vision in place. That's what's going to drive you forward. Um, everything else is just a distraction. Um, so, so figure out what's going to get you to your goal and why you started that business and just realize that everything else is a distraction and learn what to concentrate on and what to weed out. Uh, very wise words from a guy who's been there and is doing that. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Well, they can find us uh, on our website at texas-speed.com. Um, they've also all the, the social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, pretty much all of them. You can find us at Texas Speed. The only one that's different is Snapchat. That's Texas-Speed. There you go. Well, listeners, I'll make sure I put links to all these great places to find Trevor and his company and his talented team on his Cars Yeah! show notes page. Just type Trevor, T-R-E-V-O-R, into the search bar. His page will pop right up and you can find links and Check out what he and his uh, his talented group are up to. I think you'll be really impressed. Trevor, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I will see you down the road. All right. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. 
For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.